0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45
1: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I remember sitting in a meeting with him and I all of a sudden just got this like overcome of confidence. And I was like, listen, I'm going to go direct to supply myself because I can absolutely do this. And you're going to regret losing me as a client. And I walked out and never looked back.
2: Hello, today I'm joined by the Irish makeup artist, Amy Connolly. I first came across Amy a couple of years ago when I picked up a lipstick by her brand, Sculpted by Amy, and was blown away by the quality, Married with Clever Design. That lipstick, by the way, in case you'd like to go and check it out, is called Lip Duo in Pink Pear, and it's a lipstick with a liner on the other end. Very handy, and it's now a staple in my makeup bag. I suspect if you try it, you'll fall in love with it too. After that find, I started to try more and more by Amy's brand and continued to be impressed. Amy came over to mine to record this episode and I found that the woman behind it is no less impressive. Amy's a savvy entrepreneur who was brought up as an only child solely by her mum from whom she draws a lot of inspiration. She never took a loan or investors in her business and she started saving money in uni to fund it. Amy's grit and clear vision has served her really well. Sculpted by Amy is now in its sixth year and has over 40 products in the range. In this episode, we talk about how she's taken a small brand and grown it across the UK, how she now finds balance as a very involved business owner, and just how she achieves that signature glow. Here's Amy. You told me before we started recording that you were born in 1992. Yes. Yes. That terrifies me. <laughs> I remember when the Spice Girls came out. I was a teenager. You were four.
1: Yeah. Wow. I know. I okay. do still remember them, though. Do you? Yeah, but I probably wasn't a hardcore fan when they first arrived because mm-hmm. I couldn't properly speak. <laughs> <laughs> God, terrifying. Right. Well,
2: lovely to have you here. Tell me what kind of little girl you were, aside from not being able to sing Spice Girls lyrics when they came out.
1: I was a spoiled only child I would say but spoiled in the loving sense not in the bratty sense so it's always just been me and my mom who is amazing we're super close obviously we fight loads as much as we love each other and um, I would definitely say I was a girly girl mm-hmm. although I liked sport. so I would kind of like play football on the street with like boys on my road but at the same time I'd go in and put my makeup on quite a happy go lucky try whatever see how we go
2: Tell me about Your Mum and You then because there's so many films that I used to watch when I was a kid about a single mum with the kid and the mum's working and they have this really lovely relationship and I always used to think it looked really idyllic. Did Mm. Did it feel like that when you were living
1: it? I think it's funny I think it's like with anything you know if someone's a twin and you say how is it like being a twin you're like well I don't really know any different so that was it for us so I never knew my dad and it wasn't a problem because I never had someone to miss if that makes sense so I always say I feel worse for people who've had affairs or separations etc so for me my world was always just me and my mom so like it was it was just how it was um It's definitely, I would say, a really special bond, I think, as well, being an only child, because you have no one to share each other with. So that's why I always say I was spoiled because she had no one else to be proud of. So I got all the emotion and all the attention. So yeah, it was a really nice time. She is a really brilliant role model um, in terms of work and all those other things that that you learn along the way. So yeah, it was kind of just how it was.
2: There was an incident where your aunt was babysitting you. She thought you are sleeping. Take yeah. it from there. <laughs> yeah.
1: She thought I was sleeping. And then all of a sudden she hears this crack. And she's like, oh my God, what's going on? I was like two or three years of age at this stage. And she comes upstairs. And they have so many photographs because I thought it was absolutely hilarious to find me having escaped the cot. The crack was obviously I'd broken the side of it, um, trying to get out. And I'd taken my mum's red lipstick. And I mean... As if it was face paint smeared my entire face it and obviously thought that it was so beautiful because when she came into the room she said i didn't even like smile or laugh it was just like this is this is my look like <laughs> um so i definitely was very drawn to makeup from a young age mm-hmm. like i'm sure most young girls growing up are you know you just want to attack your mom's makeup bag and put your fingers in it
2: especially when you see it there's something so appealing about makeup it's like painting and i think yeah. if you're if you see someone else doing it you think oh that's a whole other yeah. canvas i yeah, could just yeah. do that to myself Tell me about your mum
1: and her skin. Because you said that your mum was obsessed with tanning. Yes, obsessed with tanning and obsessed with makeup. My mum is someone who will kill me for saying this. And it's so funny because like she wears so little, but to her it's so much. So she'll wake up in the morning and she'll be like, Jesus I can't cope if anyone sees me without my makeup on and the reality is it's like a moisturizer layer like there's nothing on it so I'm like it's completely psychological but she was always very fair skin like myself she gave me all her own freckles and no tan she actually says to me Ames God love you don't have one percent melanin in your skin and I'm like thanks mom that's gonna make me feel so great um but she was always at the same routine she loved obviously pre-sculpted the Clarins tinted moisturizer wore it year in year out never Mm -hmm. changed honestly for about 40 years I'd say Mm -hmm. and she kept her routine quite simple she also suffers a lot with redness not like rosacea just general Celtic Mm -hmm. skin redness and she used to always apply this green cream and I used to sit and watch her because it would look bonkers as she did it and then it obviously moldens into the skin and tones down the redness so those kind of little things I would have watched growing up literally every single morning she did the same thing.
2: Were there any icons or film stars or people like
1: that that you or your mum were wanting to emulate or looked up to so for me my number one like to the core of me who I actually probably tried to dress like way too many times was Britney Spears (laughs) I was wholeheartedly obsessed for about 10 years
2: yeah amazing i remember and when she amazing. first came out it was like the tan the toned yes. the whole look it was so like yes. healthy looking
1: and a bit of glitter on the eye oh i was and so on taken the body. by body, yeah body glitter yeah everyone's
2: forgotten body glitter it was a real thing it'll
1: make a comeback soon i, I think.
2: hope so it was quite fun <laughs> like people used to put like shimmer and then actual glitter on top yeah. it was great yeah right so you were into britney that's who you
1: wanted to be yeah love britney
2: and britney's very tan too so this comes back to skin color again so when did you
1: start fake tanning I would say I started wearing fake tan kind of halfway through secondary school. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably when I was about 15. And mm-hmm. I've been wearing it every day since. <laughs> Do you genuinely put it on every day? No, I don't yeah. put it on every day, but I would generally put it on maybe... Two times a week and that would kind of last because you'd have the fade out then every few days. Okay, so tell me what your process is then. What products did you use? Talk me through your tanning journey. Oh God, years ago I'd say like we used to go into school because you wouldn't be allowed to wear makeup with your uniform in secondary school. So I used to go in like totally unashamedly with like a line that finished on my neck. So I would have a mahogany colored body a white red and freckled face and I would be no bother like mm-hmm. all of us did and we all stank as well because back then tan was very different so I used to wear the Garnier Ambre Solaire it's spray no the gel yeah and you'd be sticky for about 10 hours after you applied it and it was quite an orangey colour but it was very pungent you know it was real that kind of fake tan smell and obviously they've come on leaps and bounds since So I've always been into tan. I kind of go between developing and instant at the moment in terms of current times and more modern brands. I love the Bear by Vogue, Mm -hmm. Vogue Williams. I think that's really nice. I think the color of it's lovely. And then we have our own instant tan body base and sculpted that actually has SPF in it. And that was a complete vanity project because when I go on holidays, I'm so pale and I hate being pale. I love pale skin, but for me, I like a tan. I feel more confident with the tan. And I, but I love being active on holidays. I love getting into the water or the sea. And then you come out of the sea and you're back to pale again. And it's so distressing. Or I put on my sun cream and it would mess up my tan. All first real problems. So I was like, if I can make an instant tan with SPF, half the battle so do you use that as a sun cream effectively when you're on holiday you just top it up yeah if, yeah. if i'm going for a kind of tan in the day i would and at least then you're you're covered because you're putting on a large enough amount of it to make sure that you're getting you know all the protection okay. but obviously it's instant mm-hmm. so it does wash off with a bit of heat
2: so did having pale skin bother you actively because it sounds like you're really married to this fake tanning mm-hmm. thing if i would say to you fake tan has disappeared from the world you cannot get your hands on it and you will not be allowed to bronze would that
1: knock your confidence so hugely i'd be gone from the world (laughs) i'd be like see you bye um no and you know what like i'm very much someone who's like embrace yourself be yourself be confident all that i'm all for it but for me tan is just something that i just need a little bit of to make myself feel more alive and kind of look more alive and it's not for everyone and i totally get that but for me personally i love it and i would go as far as saying and this is awful but like it really bothers me on holidays Because I like being active, I like being in the water. I'm not like a lot of people would say to me, just keep your tan on and don't get in the water. I'm like, but I don't want to be completely dry. Like I want to have a nice time. Um, But I would say I think about my tan way too much when I'm away. It's like constantly consuming is it washing off is it wiping on that white chair that i'm sitting on for lunch <laughs> it's gonna be yeah, brown fine. bum by the end yeah yeah definitely for me tan is my thing and it's completely passed down from my mom so what is it about being
2: pale then that if you were thinking of it in your head is it the fact that
1: it looks washed out like to you like when you see yourself looking pale do you feel like you just look tired i think so and i see some people like a lot of the girls on my team have this beautiful porcelain skin yeah. and they look amazing so it's not as if it's anyone else's projection. It's purely when I look at myself, I think, because I've got freckles as well. And the, the base layer of my skin is so white. Like mm. like I was saying, my mom said I don't have any pigment that I just feel a little bit dead.
2: That's what I find really interesting about doing these interviews because I'm talking about your specific beauty journey and how you feel about things. And actually no one has ever come on this without having some completely random peccadillo where they've said, it doesn't bother me on anyone else, but on me, yeah. this is my thing. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that I I think to date I've never interviewed anyone who doesn't have a thing. Thank God. A random thing. <laughs> so that's your <laughs> You'd be like, you're too perfect. You need to
1: leave. <laughs> yeah, you can't come on. <laughs> Tell me about acne then. Did you have it? Yes. So when I was growing up, um, probably around the ages of 15, 16, I definitely suffered with my skin a bit. And um, wouldn't say it was like very, very strong acne. But at the same time, I still went to the doctor, took an antibiotic and a kind of a steroid cream, I think, at the time for it. And I've been left with a little bit of scarring on my left cheek. Nothing serious, but something I often notice more ironically when I put makeup on versus when I don't. And um, I actually had microneedling sessions for it, which oh, I, I found know. really good. Yeah. yeah. Not so much that I was doing just for those because they are quite small, but for kind of my main porous area, which I would be quite around the center of my face. It was very sore, <laughs> but good. Your face is kind of burning for like an hour Mm -hmm. and then it's just dry for the next two or three days. But you have to to literally treat it like a wound. No strong creams, nothing like that. So you were at school and you were working throughout school. Yeah, so I got a part-time job when I was 16. So I had three years left in school at the time and that was with Urban Decay Cosmetics and I worked there every Saturday and Sunday so I genuinely thought like all my Christmas had come at once I was the coolest part-time job worker you've ever known I didn't have a clue how to do makeup yeah. just knew how to sell so that was unfortunate for the ladies who visited me in my first year <laughs> there um, but it was so amazing and I always say on so many different levels like obviously I learned a lot about makeup I learned a lot about a product I learned all about dealing with customers but also from a confidence point of view like on my first day in urban decay the manager was like okay you need to go traffic stop and I was like sorry what now so traffic stopping is basically you go and hassle the woman who's buying her lingerie and say do you want to try some mascara and honestly when I went up to her pure gibberish just left my mouth I think she felt so sorry for me that she was like no problem pet I'll come with you and buy all the mascara and um, but it was really super for those those elements um, and I was quite young as well so I did that for three years did they give you product when you were there yeah so you work on a commission structure I'm not sure if it's still like that now Um, but definitely the time we did so that was obviously you know linked to your sales and then you would get a certain allocation of new products and stuff as well oh that's great yeah did you find it thrilling yeah (laughs) at the time it's funny like this is going back 12 years so urban decay wasn't like the naked palette for example hadn't launched yet that launched just as i was leaving to go to mac so prior to that it was a very cool brand but it was quite like rockish it was like big bright colors. so it didn't have the same appeal that it does today, I don't think. Do they have those glitter
2: eyeshadows? Yes. Yeah, because I like those. There's a Midnight Cowboy. cowboy same. Oh, I, I used love to wear it, it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I loved That's it. That's a really
1: great colour. Yeah. What were your favourite things then that you started using, um, using them? I used to love the Midnight Cowboy glitter. I used to love the stone pencil. It was almost like a sagey green brown. I loved that on. Um, And they had a really nice pearl highlight. It it wasn't so much a cream, it was kind of a hybrid texture, kind of before actually creams kind of exploded onto the market. And that was really nice for a glow on the skin. Okay. Yeah. So then you went on to work at MAC. I
2: did. And then you went to study commerce and French.
1: Yeah. So kind of simultaneously when I left Urban Decay and made the choice to move to MAC, because I'd been there like three years, I kind Mm -hmm. of wanted to change. I had actually finished school at that stage and was going into uni. So I did commerce and French. When I worked in Mac, it was my first year of uni, but I worked part time. So again, mm-hmm. Saturdays and Sundays.
2: And did that leave you time to get drunk and be a teenager?
1: It's funny. I I, I knew at that age that I had to make this decision around, OK, I want to work because firstly, I had also been financially independent since I was 16. So there's no way I could go back asking my mom for pocket money, nor would I get it, <laughs> mind you. And um, so I really wanted to keep my job but I also really wanted to sustain a social life, both in school and in college. So I think I had the superhuman ability to come in from a really late night and just get up and go. And like all my friends would be like, what? Like I did a pajama day today. I ate like three pizzas and I did slept all day. Like, how are you moving? Whereas when you're in the mindset of you have to get up and do it. And if you if you don't, you just stay in and have no life. You just go. No, if I had to do it now, I'd probably die. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> but at the time, and I went out all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. sorry So you to were a Andrew.
2: traditional uni yes, student.
1: Very much so. As
2: well as working and doing this again. Yeah. And what were you thinking of doing then? Because you've got makeup, you've got the business side, and you've got mm. the French. Obviously, looking at what you do now, that all makes sense. But yeah. at the time, what was going on in your head?
1: At the time, I think I was just really enjoying college life. Um, I loved the friends I'd made. I thought the lectures were fine. I didn't exactly, you know, find them extremely stimulating. But I enjoyed the course. But I really loved makeup. And I was—I would always say that over those four years, while I stayed working part-time, I built up like six years in the makeup industry, which was really cool, considering I started quite young. And I was very spoiled in the sense that I touched on nearly every element that I could to get a taste of what it's like. So I had like... TV bits I was writing a bit I was doing weddings and general occasions and I loved the the face-to-face of customers and you know you're kind of like a therapist slash makeup artist so really when I graduated from college I knew that I didn't want to leave the business side of things behind but I also didn't want to depart from makeup because I had grown such a love and passion for it so for me the natural thing was to to bring the two together. So what was your first step? yeah people always ask that and the truth be told I really didn't have a clue what I was doing my first step was I'm going to find someone who can produce the product that I wanted Mm -hmm. so I was so focused on what the product was what I wanted the whole ethos of it to be you know the consistency the texture on different skins all that kind of thing but actually hadn't thought about all the 50 million steps that come beyond it and I kind of learned as I went and made you know a holy show of mistakes along the way what mistakes did you make Oh loads of things. I think the biggest thing for me at the beginning was I was quite naive that everybody has your best interests um, at heart and people still call me naive sometimes. I call it trying to be positive. (laughs) Um, So my first manufacturer was based in the UK actually and you know I was this 22 year old who had loads of ambition about what I wanted but probably you know, I had no benchmarks behind me to say, I'm going to sell this amount of units and I can do this for you. But they did take a chance on me, which is very kind because many places didn't even respond to me at the time, which I understand because I was coming from nothing. But about six months into our partnership, when I had launched say, the first two rounds of the the product, I kind of felt like they were taking advantage of me a bit. And they were, I just knew that there was this whole thinking of like, who's this 22, 23 year old blonde coming over here? She doesn't really know anything. And I remember sitting in a meeting with him and I all of a sudden just got this like overcome of confidence. And I was like, listen, I'm going to go direct to supply myself because I can absolutely do this and you're going to regret losing me as a client. And it was kind of like no worries pet or like little girl, do you know that whole attitude? And I walked out and never looked back. And it's funny because I don't like to have regrets like a lot of people in business would always call them lessons or learnings. And I do believe they are because if I hadn't met them, it, I would have been slower to start because not every factory will be open to starting with someone who has no benchmarks. But at the same time, it was a massive learning and a mistake, I suppose, in the sense that they weren't the right person to work with. But you kind of have to go through them to know who who to avoid for future.
2: And for someone who doesn't know, tell tell us about the first product mm-hmm. and what it was in your mind. You said
1: you had an idea and it was yeah. fixed. So it was a funny one for me because I'd obviously worked for global brands. Like at the time, Mac was the absolute mecca. I loved my job there. So I was spoiled for choice in my kit and also in who I worked for. So I knew that if I brought something to market, like there was no way it could be subsidiary to what I used in my kit because it wouldn't make any sense. So for me, when I used to stand on the Mac counter and people come in and say, hi, I'm looking for a powder. And I'm like, no problem. Here's 32 options. What powder would you like? And I just felt like everything at the time made things quite complicated. So this is back to when, say, contouring first hit the scene and you've got like 16 brushes, three um, sponges, five foundations, two concealers. later, wham, bam, you're done in an hour and 45 minutes. No one has that time Makeup by Mario and Kim Kardashian, although we'd like to. So I really took the angle of simplifying makeup and kind of have done to this day. So the first product was like a trio, and it was a bronzer, a cream highlight, and a powder highlight, kind of like your contouring kit in one step with a double-ended brush. And the double ended brush was deliberate because, again, I had done a lot of teaching, and that was the best, most invaluable thing I could have done before a brand. Because I was hearing the same complaints again and again from customers in front of me. And I was like, tell me now, what do you find difficult? So, two things the brush people would use would always be too big, it would go blotchy, it would go too dark. And they would find contouring very difficult, or they would imagine it to be the 16 step process, which it didn't have to be. So that's kind of where Sculpted came from, because Mm -hmm. as naive as it sounds, when I launched that first two products, I hadn't thought beyond that. So I was naming those two products more so than what this whole brand was gonna be. And then fast forward four years, it ended up becoming something bigger.
2: so you said you've never taken a loan you didn't take investors so how did you fund
1: it was it savings from your work yeah I was quite diligent and um, again probably going back subconsciously to the fear of mom losing money or struggling a lot like you know again a lot of people did during recessions so I was always very careful and so when I knew kind of around my second, third year in college that I was going to fund myself directly after college, didn't know necessarily was gonna be the brand yet, but I knew I wasn't gonna go and, and find a position in other companies, I would start saving then. So little bits, but I was always a very good saver.
2: And when you say very good saver, yeah. I think of it almost as quite a romantic thing in my head, again, a bit, little bit cinematic, like, you know, other people are going out and you're like, no, I'm going to work instead. But, there, but genuinely, there are massive sacrifices that you have to make to save.
1: I suppose, rationalizing your money, because when you're young and you're earning for the first time, like I remember my first paycheck, I went out and bought every sort of clothing you can imagine, a radio, everything, like completely treated myself, which you absolutely should do. So I think it's more at that age when, you know, all your friends are maybe buying things for nights out or you're spending this or you're being foolish there that you have to be more mature around how you're using it so that was probably the most difficult part but for me the biggest savior was i set up a direct debit that took it out before i saw my paycheck so if i had let it go a week or two into the month it was gone so it was like if it's gone before i realize then it can't affect me do you find it quite hard to spend money now no not at all (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah. no and do you know what I never did I was always a spender okay. I just was very good at spending what I knew I wasn't saving so as
2: the brand advanced when were the moments when you thought this is going well this is fantastic this is going to fly and when were moments when you thought oh my god I'm gonna have to change this completely
1: when I think about the first few days and um, you know the cliche of seeing your product on shelf for the first time that was both completely overwhelming and completely exciting because it was like oh my god I made it and then it was like oh my god I need to make sure this sells and you're instantly met with the reality of what you've actually done so little bits like that along the way were super cool for me when we first launched into Boots was a massive milestone so when it first went onto the shelves and you saw it did it sell instantly it did thank god (laughs) God. obviously you know there was only two products versus like 60 something we have now so it's slower but it's all about I think the momentum that you build and i think that's something that i'm trying to remind myself all the time because you know we have a great business in ireland in our domestic market we're slowly growing in the uk the uk is so different to what i could have imagined you know you think it's just a hop skip across the water no it's not they're very different and it's so exciting how are they different i, I think it's just the sheer vastness of the uk see you're dealing with so many more people so many different people i think in ireland it's actually quite small which we take for granted when we live there. But like, you know, someone's cousins twice removed, granny probably knew someone in the brand who supports someone or, you know, there's a real, go on, you're Irish, fair play Mm -hmm. to you. And don't get me wrong, the UK have been unbelievably welcoming. But I think it's just the overwhelmingness of, this is huge compared to what we're used to dealing with. So you just have to up everything in terms of how much you're shouting about it, how much you're being seen, you know, all those things, which is natural when you're trying to break into a bigger market. But I think that feeling of, the momentum slowly builds. So just because you're not reaching everything right now is what you have to remind yourself on, which is what I'm doing at the moment with everything in terms of our growth. There are so many moments at the beginning, to be totally honest, where things go really badly. And the biggest thing by a mile that I have learned in business is not something specific around a p and sheet or a forecasting stock. It's actually that issues come all the time. The minute you think there's no issue, you're wrong. Something is coming around the corner, but it's that the the vastness of the issues gets smaller, mm-hmm. or your perception of them gets smaller, so that they get easier to manage.
2: And what do you find the best way to handle it is? Because some people are, say, stoically about emailing and you know keeping mm-hmm. everything sort of in one um, format. Are you someone who picks up the phone and goes hundred oh, percent?
1: This- I'm very much a people person. I really missed having my team around me over lockdown, for example, because I really feed off people's energy. I like working with people that I like. I know it all can't be rosy, but I'm very much someone who, you know, I need to get on with you as a person. Um, But the biggest thing for me is when a problem happens, it's straight away. Let's not dwell on what happened. Let's not cry for ourselves. What's the solution? Sometimes the solution isn't clear. Sometimes you need to sit in a boardroom and, you know, really rack your brains at everyone around you. But there's always a way out of it, even though it doesn't seem like it at the time. And four years in
2: Mm -hmm.
1: to this product company that's
2: growing and growing, your name is on the packaging. (laughs) It's right there. So you are the figurehead. Mm -hmm. You're the person, you know, you're Amy. Yeah, You're Amy. How do you feel sometimes about having a business where your name is on the business? So you represent the business and then you go to things and people like, This is you. And maybe you feel that you have to have perfect makeup or that you have to wear makeup and things. like. Oh, do
1: you feel that Mm. indeed? Do you know what? I think if you would ask me this when I was 20, not that the brand existed, but say hypothetically, I would have been super conscious of how I looked and how I appeared and all this. First thing, I don't really overthink the whole element that my name is on the packaging. It is something that I'm becoming more aware of in the sense of the business growing and people kind of saying to me, you need to be mindful of your own succession here. I don't plan on leaving the business so I'm totally happy to stay here and I, I absolutely love it but in terms of new markets and stuff it is the first time I've probably become aware of the fact that I'm honest because I just take it for granted at home which sounds really odd and um, so that for me isn't a huge deal in terms of how I am and how people receive me and kind of like you know the perfect makeup or how I look I would say I'm the worst person for that because I would honestly go out with my t-shirt back to front and it wouldn't bother me. It would kill my boyfriend. He would be like sweating. But I think the older I get, ironically, the more I reverse. Like when I used to go into Mac when I was younger, I was like done up to the afternoon. I could have gone to a nightclub straight away after. Mm-hmm. Whereas I actually, I would say, wear makeup twice a week now, unless I'm doing an event or whatever it might be. So I think I very much come more around to accepting myself as myself. Mm-hmm which has definitely helped to ease the pressure of being the Amy behind Sculpted by Amy. Yeah. So what does your life look like now? Um, life is quite busy. You know, work for me is my whole centre. and I absolutely love it. I have definitely worked out the work-life balance a lot better, which I was really bad at about a year and a half ago. So what does that mean for you? Does it mean switching your phone off? Yeah, sometimes I might switch the phone off, I might just stay off stories for the day and just not give anyone any updates because there's nothing really interesting going on anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is incorporating maybe more exercise, mm-hmm. taking more time out, like little things, like basic life things, like cooking at home instead of grabbing food on the go. Um, sitting down to watch a show, instead of catching up on work that actually can wait until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All those like really small adjustments, but like are huge for me in my own life. So it's making the time in your life, like scheduling your life into your day. Exactly. So what exercise do you do? So I love F45, which is like a hit workout place. Um, I took up running, who didn't, during COVID. I actually got a stupid knee injury in February, just before I was doing a half marathon distance virtually. Um, so I'm going to get back on that. I've been on holidays for a week. So I'm like, I need to get, get back in the zone. Um, and Pilates, I really like. Okay. Yeah. So interesting fact, I had my spine straightened when I was 17. So I had scoliosis. Yeah. So I've got 20 metal rods down it and like a little zip of a scar. Okay. And I grew two inches, but I have zero flexibility. So I actually find Pilates is brilliant because I, I was given no rehab after it. Did it affect your posture? It did. So it kind of it was picked up when i was about 13 Mm -hmm. and then when i got to about 17 and coming out of puberty i took a huge growth spurt and that massively affected the curve in the spine so one side of me was like super curvilicious because it was jarring my ribs out and then one side was like a flat boy (laughs) yeah so um i find pilates brilliant for that that
2: must have been hard at that age do
1: you know what i think it was probably easier to do it then than it would have been any time yeah and also gets more dangerous the older you get.
2: And tell me about other things then,
1: like what is your way of winding down, aside from watching telly? <laughs> um, this sounds so odd, right? Mm. But I have this absolute new appreciation for air. Like air, just fresh air. I think loads of people get that, A when they get older and B because of
2: Covid. Suddenly yeah. everyone's like I want to better. I style.
1: really feel in the last year and a half, so if I have a day where like, I would walk to a lot to work now, which I absolutely love. Something that was never part of my routine, you know, before last autumn. Mm-hmm. And I really miss it now if I have a few days a week where I don't. So if I, say, got in my car, drove from the gym to work, sat in my office all day, I will be dying to get out for a walk. Mm-hmm. It's the strangest thing. So, yeah, love reading and um, love walking and love watching shows at night. Are you a bather or a showerer? A showerer. Mm-hmm. Oh, in and out.
2: That tends to be quite a productive person, are
1: well, I'm a bather. <laughs> I like a good like, bath. Some of my friends are amazing. Though. They'll have a bath, they'll do their moisturizing, all this, and I'm like, mm. I would love to do that. I just would never do that.
2: What about perfume? Mm,
1: when like, I think about it. Really? Yeah.
2: You're not a die-hard.
1: No. I and I should be. I just, sometimes I forget. So on the two days a week that you're wearing makeup during <laughs> the day, what do you put on? Um, I would keep it quite simple. I would generally do a light base, a bit of concealer, love cream blush, always have. Cream highlight was obviously in the first, product has never left me. And a bit of lip liner, a bit of brow gel and mascara.
2: And if you're doing a big night out makeup, what do you add?
1: I might add a bit of kind of shimmer shadow. I might do a flick with a bit of eyeshadow or a cold pencil. Um, and generally just kind of up the ante of other areas so add a little bit more of things rather Mm -hmm. than going super dark I think you know you see it on Instagram as well everyone is kind of reversed to a more natural-esque look which ironically was always what we would call the sculpted look so it fits completely with I was gonna say
2: you're just perfect (laughs) for you right do you still do anyone else's makeup
1: Yeah, obviously over the last year or so, there haven't really been many occasions. I've stepped back from wedding makeup in terms of the amount that I used to do, but I I love doing makeup. You know, I hate to lose that creative side when you are a creative person. So hopefully now as events pick up and some special people who ask me to do their makeup, I'll be around. Do you find also that it gives you new ideas for products when you're
2: working with other people?
1: Yeah, Yeah. even just doing different things gives you ideas. You know, Mm -hmm. it sounds so weird, but going on transport, like you're removed from your general day-to-day setting which is your house your office that you go to every single day i find ideas come then even me strolling around london i'm like that's such a good idea totally there's a whole theory around it um my headmaster used to talk about it as saintly
2: stupidity where people thought that to be the best christian because it was related to the church ever you'd have to read the scriptures loads and like just sit there reading the bible basically um but he said actually someone was saying it was stupid because you get a lot more from going into nature and living mm-hmm. And then applying that to whatever your discipline is and not taking that into any area of life. Like I always find that when I'm gardening or doing something around the garden, I have really good ideas for writing. Yeah. yeah and it yeah. just suddenly I'm like, oh, actually, the gardener's just presented a way of thinking about something. Yeah. And it's completely different, but it's way better.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Right, yeah. I'm
2: going to finish by asking you the three questions oh, I ask all oh, my <laughs> guests. What to your mind has been your greatest triumph, career or personal?
1: I'm going to have to go career because it is literally painted a lot of my life to date and that would be launching sculpted and keeping it going (laughs) and obviously the plans that we have hopefully will execute themselves what one piece of advice would you give your younger self oh definitely to try and not care as much what people think again I would say that I was you know particularly to my teenage self I was quite kind of easygoing and happy to go on with the flow like like I would be still now But I think it's quite an inherent thing that runs in our family where I'd be so conscious of what others think or overthinking things. Think about you or think about things you're doing? Both, I think. Yeah, like how you said something or, you know, you would just overdo it really mentally and it's yeah. not good
2: i always think of that meme where people talk about the 3 a.m brain where suddenly you remember everything you've ever done wrong <laughs> yeah. and it like and it all crashes in from like when you're like 15 to today and you're like yeah. i didn't know i still remember this stuff on <laughs> <And> the <laughs> night you're supposed to have an early night exactly yeah. yeah it does happen right three people dead or alive who you'd like to
1: have dinner with okay first oh. one is a basic choice and it's margot Robbie because i think she is so beautiful i like to stare at her while she was having her dessert. And I think she's very chilled from what I gather. I think she seems really nice. Oh my God, it's so do normal I. Normal
2: and nice. Yeah. Normal is a
1: good word. Normal, yeah. What yeah.
2: While looking incredible.
1: I would love, again, probably a very cliche one, yes. but Oprah Winfrey, because I think she has just spoken and would have so many stories. Do you, that you think she'd tell it. them
2: though? That always makes me wonder, you know, when you're interviewing or talking. I think like you would give
1: her a few wines and she would. And also, because I have this weird fascination with the royal family, Mm. I would like Meghan Markle to be there, given all the recent controversy.
2: When you say you have a thing about the royal family, is it all the royals or Princess Diana in particular? I love her. Okay. And why Diana in particular?
1: I just, I don't know. I just have this infatuation with what happened and how her life transpired and obviously I thought she seemed lovely and was obviously beautiful I would say I've fallen down so many documentary holes watching and re-watching what happened I've also just noticed I only have three females I do love males too yeah yeah, it's fine it's fine (laughs) um but why Megan then if you're into the royal family why her I just am so fascinated by her I'm so torn whether I feel she is very real or whether she's a very real actress so i would love to just and don't get me wrong i feel awful. Awesome what's happened on both sides yeah <laughs> here's me getting into a full royal no no got, this is the conversation i have literally with all my friends like at least once a week we have a conversation about this so just yeah. you know when you see someone in the flesh and you sit across them you get a good vibe for yeah. what's going on so i'd love completely. to do that and i'm completely fascinated by
2: the idea that like What? how Harry's responded to it all and what it's done to him. It's awful, really. It's awful. Yeah, it's awful. But it's also because I think we've all grown up with this family as like our kind of weird family that we don't know. (laughs) It's completely bizarre. My best friend thinks I am
1: crazy for buying sandwich into it.
2: No, I'm just fascinated by it too. I think it's because, yeah, it's like a soap opera with real people, which is an awful thing to say in theory, but it is sort of set up like that. It's yeah. not like, yeah. it's not like I've just sort of sat there pressed to a window. It's like, yeah, they, yeah. you know, they, they come and, they are humans. So. Of course they're humans yeah. too. So yeah, I completely agree actually. That would be fascinating. Maybe you yeah. could- um, invite I'll let you know how so. it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna add one more question on a personal level. If your brand were to completely disappear for some reason, and there was one product that you could save, for you for your
1: personal use what would it be okay that is a very very good question that I've never been asked can I give you two answers yes okay okay so one for me personally would be our bronze based face tan because as we all noted from my rant along this podcast <laughs> I love face tan um but no for me it's just that little bit of ingredient it allows me to go makeup free and feel super confident because I've got a bit of tint in my skin and I'm happy with my natural skin all good The other product I would save, because I genuinely feel that it's very special, would be our Tint and Glow, which is our new kind of tinted moisturizer-esque, we call it a skin enhancer, SPF and all those kind of goodness in it. But I just think it literally, as the name suggests, tints your skin, but has a radiance built in the formula.
2: My um, friend came over last week and she was like, I don't like wearing skin makeup, but I want to wear like a little bit. Because like no one, whose skin is perfect, right? She's got really great skin, but she wanted something. And she's like, but also, I don't want to look so tired because I look tired now. I'm like I'm in my mid-30s. And I was like, tint and glow. She went and bought it and she Stop! literally sent me a message being like, oh my God, I love this. It's so amazing. Nice. Well, it's exactly that's so You're completely right. It's the solution to like having a little bit of coverage, yeah. not loads, and a lot of glow,
1: but not grease. And exactly. it's like, it's just
2: the perfect kind of. And lamp. that
1: was quite hard to do, to be honest. I had a few late nights worrying about the glow. I can, level. Imagine.
2: <laughs> I can imagine glow is a really hard thing to get it right is. because it tips too far and it's a useless product because it just slips yeah. around. Yeah. Anyway, I agree with those two. So I cheated, but thank you. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Oh, it's
1: been such a pleasure. Thank you for having
2: me. Isn't Amy great? I could have just carried on having a gossip about the royals and all sorts for a lot longer. So I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed chatting to her. And if you have, please do leave a comment and subscribe. There will be a new episode out next week.